Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. You are God's original masterpiece. Now, I don't know if you think about yourself that way. Maybe sometimes, maybe never. But you are His original masterpiece. doesn't matter how young, how old you are. It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with it because you're eternal creatures. You're just passing through this place right now. I asked Pastor Joe a while ago if I could take a picture of the congregation and sometime between Monday and Friday just put it here and start painting all of you on this wall up here. He said no. <laughs> and I could not understand why he said no. For the life of me, I couldn't understand it. And he said, well, Vin, do you have any background in the arts? Can you... Have you ever done any kind of painting or coloring? And I said, well, when I was a little kid, I painted by the numbers, and I, and I tried to stay in between all the bold lines. He goes, I don't mean that. Have you done anything professionally? Have you done? I said, no. And he goes, well, you're not really qualified to do that kind of a mural in the church. And I understood that it wouldn't be a masterpiece. It wouldn't be something of value. Maybe to me, that's probably the only person. And if my wife was having a good day, she might say, yeah, it looks okay. <laughs> but no, it, it doesn't work that way. But you know, God created you. He made you inside out who you are. And you're his masterpiece. And today I want this to be a message of encouragement to you. I want it to be something that uh, maybe you came in here today with no view of yourself or of a certain view of yourself. But I hope that God touches your heart today and encourages you because you're His special creation. He loves you individually. So the text I'm going to use today, if you want to turn to it, is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Our tremendous God, our tremendous Creator, our tremendous Designer had a purpose and a plan when He made every single one of you individually different. Individually. Just how He wanted you to be during your stay on this earth. To have an impact in the kingdom for Him. In 2 Peter 1.4 it says, You have been given great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You have been given great and precious promises. God loves you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. You're a unique creation. He will give you rest. He'll strengthen you. 
He'll answer your prayers. He believes in you. He's for you. He will not fail you. He loves you. And those are just some of the promises throughout the Scriptures. Do you understand those are His promises and He's not a liar? He means everything He says. He accomplishes everything He sets out to do. He's not like you and I. We can have the greatest purposes in the world, but we're human and we fail. Our God does not fail. Ever. Ever. We may not understand the outcome of situations as they're going on, but one day we will. One day you'll understand why something took place in your life. God doesn't make mistakes. In Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Our society, our world today, has reversed that, where the animals control us. There's a little silver fish up in, out on the west coast. There's droughts on farms because they're not allowed to use some of the water because they're afraid it'll damage this one little fish. So people's jobs are being affected. But God never meant it to be like that. He has made us in His image, in His likeness. And we're going to look at that a little bit today. As I mentioned in 2 Peter 1.4, you're partakers of the divine nature. Do you know what that means? You're partakers of the divine nature of God. You take part in the things that He does. Are you connected? Are you there with Him? Is there that relationship that you understand the very things that we're covering right now? The word image is our ability to relate to God and one another. We're created in His image. That doesn't mean you look like God, but it means something deeper and even more important than that, that you can have a relationship with Him. I have a, we have some animals at home. We have a little Westy Terrier. He's a beautiful little dog. But I've never seen him read the Bible. I've never seen him howl for Jesus. I've never seen him dance and roll around in praise of our Creator. You have a unique thing different than any created thing in the world. Created animal, created being, you can have fellowship with your Creator. Do we take advantage of that? Hopefully we all do. In Philippians, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now, we'll see a little more as this develops, but understand something very important. Let this mind be in you that is the same that's in Jesus Christ. Do you have, do I have the mind of Jesus? Do you? Do you think like Him? 
Do you act like him? Do you talk like him? Do you go the places that he would go? Well, if your answer to that is, I don't know, or no, that can change. That's something that can be changed. But notice this, what happens and takes place. The mind of Christ has a certain, certain characteristics. Your mind has this, should have these characteristics. Number one, you're of no reputation. You think others better than yourself. You don't elevate yourself above others. That's a, the nature and characteristic of Jesus Christ. Remember when he was in the, at the Last Supper, what did he do? He washed. He went to the lowest point in that room and he washed the disciples' feet. Second thing, he was a bondservant. He wants us to be bondservants. He was freely doing his Father's will. No questions asked. He just did what his Father asked him to do. And he did it for the glory of the Father. Jesus wants you and I to be his bondservants, freely under his control. That's his lordship. That's his reign over our lives. He wants us to be obedient. How obedient? To the point of death. Physical, as well as fleshly dying to ourselves so that he can be the one in our lives that resurrects us to a spiritual life in him. And what an example Jesus set, didn't he? The 33 years he was on this earth. He exemplified all these things. He did all these things. He was obedient to death, even death, on the cross for you and me, so that we could follow in his footsteps. That brings us to Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece. Maybe your Bibles say workmanship. That word masterpiece, the definition is a person's greatest piece of work. And sometimes, boy, aren't we pieces of work, <laughs> Right? But God, who is the master, created each one of you as his treasured piece, as his treasured son, as his treasured daughter. For what reason? To do those good things that he has planned for you before you were even born. Because he's the master. He's the master. He's not like me trying to paint a mural on the wall. He's perfect in his creation. Perfect. Doesn't make mistakes. Have we bought into the lie that we're a mistake? Have we bought into the lie that we're not perfect in him? Our father sent his son to die on the cross for us. You were personally bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Each one of us were personally purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ, shed on that cross for us. God himself humbled himself, left his throne room to come on this earth 
as a little baby to be in Mary's womb for nine months, to be born, to grow into a young boy, to a teen, to a young man, to an adult, lived on this earth, experienced everything that we see in our world, was tempted just like you and I were, except he never gave in to sin. Then he went to the cross as that perfect sacrifice, free from sin, to purchase your salvation with his blood. He made us and he establishes us. We didn't make ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It says, his sheep hear his voice. Do you hear his voice? And when you hear it, do you listen to it? You are the works of his hands. You are his building. You are his piece fitted in the church building, the spiritual body of Christ, the bride of Christ. Each one of you is crucial in that building. It's not a complete building without you. Please understand that. He's working on you, and he's building that perfect body of Christ, the bride of Christ, so that one day, you and I together, as that bride, will be there at the wedding supper of the Lamb with our groom, where that relationship will be the tightest that we can ever imagine. You have God's Holy Spirit in you if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Does not matter what's going on outside your body. Doesn't matter what's going on inside your body. Spiritually, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit of the living God. Jesus rose when he, after he rose from the dead and he was on this earth. He rose into heaven. He ascended into heaven and he told his believers, his followers, his friends to wait and he was going to send a comforter, a helper to be with them and you until we meet Jesus face to face. You have his guarantee on it. You have his guarantee. You have his seal. And that seal is his Holy, Holy Spirit that seals you for all eternity. You are a new creation in Christ. Each one of you. Doesn't matter how you feel. If you are a born-again believer, if, you have re if you've realized and repented from your sins and you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and forgive you because of his shed blood on his cross, that he died for you, he went to the grave, he rose from the grave, he's living and alive now. If you understand that and made that choice to receive him, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit, you are a new creature in Christ. And here's another guarantee by our living Savior. God will finish the work he started in you and me. He will finish the work. You're not going to finish it. I'm not going to finish it. It's up to the living creator, your Lord, your Savior. Doesn't matter if you're Jewish. Doesn't matter if you're Greek. Remember back then, a Jew and the pagans were the Greeks. Anybody non-Jew was a pagan. Doesn't matter today. 
If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a new creature in Him. God redeems us. The word redeem means gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. One more time. Gain or regain possession of something in exchange for a payment. There was a payment made to regain a possession or something. Also, to make something that is bad, better, or more acceptable. You were redeemed. You were bought back. There was an exchange. The death of Jesus Christ for your salvation. That was the exchange. He bought back. The law, the Old Testament, the law, okay, showed us that we couldn't do it on our own. The Ten Commandments, we've all blown it, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory, perfect standards of God. I'm unspiritual, I'm dead to sin. I died because of the law. I was sold as a slave to sin. But Jesus Christ redeemed me. He redeemed you. In Titus 2, chapter uh, chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Now, let me just tell you something. If you're here today and you're a new believer in Christ, if you're not a believer in Christ, if you're an older believer in Christ, understand this. For you and I to deny ungodliness, for you and I to deny worldly desires, for you and I to live sensibly and righteously and godly in this world today, is impossible. It cannot be done by you or me. It has to be done by the Holy Spirit of the living God who has sealed you, living inside of you, and you surrendering to Him. You cannot do it in your own power. You cannot. It's impossible. You must relinquish your rights and give it to Jesus. In Titus 2.14 it says, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. Do you know that's talking about you and me and every believer? You're his special people. You're the one he's purifying. Well, Vinny, I don't feel too pure today. But you know what? doesn't matter how you feel. This is not based on your feelings. It's not an emotion. It's the fact of God Himself, the Creator, telling you that He, right now, as we read His Word, as we talk about Him, He's washing us. He's purifying us. He's setting us apart. It's called sanctification. He's doing that supernatural work as we're sitting here, as you're sitting there. That's taking place. His promise. His fact. He wants us to be, for Himself, He wants us also to be zealous. 
You know what zealous is? He was zealous for you and me when he went to the cross. You know what that means? He was passionate. He was devoted. He was committed. He was energetic. He was enthusiastic. He wants us to be the same way as we live for him. Well, Vin, some days I wake up and I'm really down. You know, things are going on in my life. Yeah, that's all the outside stuff. But understand the Holy Spirit living in you is going to create in you a peace that passes all understanding, is going to give you the enthusiasm, the commitment to carry on God's work. You are male and female warriors for Jesus Christ. You're in a battleground. You're in a war. You're in a war for your souls. You're in a war that the enemy tries to neutralize you so you don't have an impact on your family, your co-workers, your friends, whoever. He wants to take you and I out. And he will try any way to do that. And one of the great ways is to affect your mind. And remember, we're supposed to have the mind of Christ. Amen. We're supposed to have the mind of Christ. In Ephesians 4, 22 to 24, it says that in reference to your former manner of life, now, remember your former manner of life? I'll give you a second. Let's stop right there. It's condemned. It's X-rated. Your former life is X-rated. It falls short of God's perfect standards. Okay? So, in reference to your former manner of life, what is God telling us to do through Paul, who was a warrior for Christ, like you and I should be? Well, Paul told the Ephesian church, hey, lay aside your old self. Lay aside the former self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God and has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And you might say, well, what is the truth? His word is truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not Jesus plus anything. It's all Jesus. It's easy. He made it easy for us. We complicate it. We mess ourselves up. As a coach, I tell my team, all my teams that I've ever coached, you know who the biggest obstacle is? Not the other team we're playing. The biggest obstacle is you. You're the biggest obstacle. I'm the biggest obstacle. We need to step out of the way, put off our old self, put on the new that Jesus gives us, and walk with him in the freedom of his spirit. thought this was a great picture right here of just putting off the old, throwing it out, and putting on the new. You might have a bad night. You might have a bad day. You wake up in the morning, put off the old, put on the new. Start a new day afresh. Start a new day afresh. Hopefully every day you take a shower. Hopefully every day you put on new clothes. Put off the old, put on the new. Spiritually speaking, it's the same way. Romans 6 Verses 6 to 7 says, Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, 
so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is free from sin. Understand, your old self, when you come to Jesus Christ, your old self, that old nature, that sin nature, is crucified with Jesus Christ. That's why he died, to crucify your old self. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. You've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer we that live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And the life which we now live in the flesh, we're still here, we're still physically present on this earth. We live by faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who loves you and me and gave himself up for me. This is a promise. This is a fact. This is what's going on every single day of your life. How is our relationship with Jesus Christ? How is our connection every day with him? John 3.30 says that he must increase and I must decrease. He must increase and I must decrease. If you've been a Christian for a while, do you see that happening in your life? Can you look back over the past year? A few years, five years, ten years? Can you see that? Can you even see if you received the Lord recently in the last few months? Do you see a change where God is more important and you're becoming less and less? That is part of His plan and purpose in each of our lives. That it's less of us and more of Him. Galatians 5.24 says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Colossians 3.5 says, Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Okay, ready? Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Dead to what? All right, here we go. To immorality. Immoral things. You're dead to immoral things. If you have Jesus in your heart, you're dead to immoral things. Before you had Jesus, you didn't have a choice. You were a slave to immoral things. Now you're free off. Let's go, Jesus. We don't do that anymore. Jesus and I don't do that anymore. Impurity. Passions. Evil desires and greed, which amounts to idolatry. You see, any time we give into our old nature, what are we doing? We have an idol before the living God. We've turned our back on the living God, and we're, doing, we're going back to our vomit. We're going back to our old nature. Where God says, leave the old nature behind, walk in the newness of the Spirit, you're a new creature in Christ, follow me. You have in your hands or on your phones the greatest, greatest love letters in the world. The greatest, greatest instruction manual in the world, in the universe, ever created. It's God's plan book. It's His playbook. It's His love letters. It's everything you need it to be. He's given us His heart through His Word. He's given us His instruction <clears throat> through His Word. 
Romans 12, 1 and 2. Powerful, powerful verses. We're urged by the mercies of God to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual service of worship. And not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And if you notice in this one picture up here, there's one person up there or one figure that stands out. For you and me, that's you and me in the world that we go out into. There should be a difference between me and you in this world, or you and I in this world. There should be a difference. That difference, of course, is not you and I. The difference is the living God working in us, shining His light through us to a world that is dark and growing darker by the second. Many of you know Oswald Chambers. He was a warrior for God. He was God's masterpiece. And he gave us some insights into the Scripture that we are still gleaning from today through God's Holy Spirit. And Oswald Chambers says here, all Christians have the Spirit of Christ. If you're here today and you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit in you. But notice what Oswald says. But not all Christians have the mind of Christ. All Christians have the spirit of Christ, but not all Christians have the mind of Christ. I want to encourage you today as we close, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Let the mind of Christ be in you. How do you get the mind of Christ? You have to get to know him. You, got, you have to get to know His Word. If you want to exhibit the image of God in your daily life, get to know Him and live in a deep, intense, passionate relationship with Him every day, 24-7, 365. Then take that love experience that you're living in and spread it out to the world wherever you go. Touch somebody with the love that Jesus Christ has shown you. That's one of the central things of being created in His image. As we always like to do, we like to do, use the youth to try to get a uh, lesson across. So we're going to do something right now called God's Original Masterpiece. Hi. Who are you? I'm God. No, you're not. Yes, I am. All right, God. If you're God, make it snow in here. Well, if I made it snow in here, it would be all yucky. See, I knew it. You're not God. Why do you say that? If you're God, you wouldn't say yucky. Oh, yes, I would. That's the Greek. <laughs> all right, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Well, Lamentations has only five chapters. It's a very, very short book. Why so short? I got tired of lamenting. All right, right, God. Are the Giants going to win the Super Bowl? 
Why are you playing games? Why are all of you playing games? I'm not into playing games. You are God. Now, why do you say that? You answered my question with a question. I did? Oh, I did. <laughs> Didn't I? There I go again. Well, now that I know who you are and why you're here, do you mind working on my students and me? Not at all. Let's get to work. What's all this? These are the tools that I'm going to use to make you into my masterpiece. Oh, okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. <laughs> Ouch! You have a lot of anger. No, I don't. <laughs> you have a lot of pride. No, I'm very proud. I do not have a lot of pride. You're always comparing yourself to others. No, it happens to me. When you're older, then you break me home. Don, can you hurry this up a little bit? I got a lot to do for you today. You're very lazy. And you're always acting as if you're busy to cover up your laziness. But I love you. You have a problem with lust. No, I don't. You don't have a problem with lust? No, I don't have a problem with lust. I can do whatever I want. We've all been doing a pretty good job now. Don't you think you should stop? Yeah, I think you've all been doing a pretty good job. But when you look into the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Well, that's a problem. When others look at you, I want them to see my son. Yes, Genesis. Oh, you know my name. Okay. Hello. <laughs> when I act more like Jesus or my friends, they get very, very uncomfortable. And my friends at church say, look at her all holier than thou. Yes, but you know, do you want to be in control of your life or do you want me to be in control of your life? It's not like what I was meaning to say. Yes, it was. It's hard to talk to you because you already know what we want to say, and you've done a good job up to this point. Can we just get a little break? Well, that's the problem with everybody. They want to control things, and this is not about control. Do you want control, or you want me to chisel? Do you want control, or you want me to chisel? Yeah, but can you do it where I want, please? That's called control. Um, okay. <laughs> Ouch, it hurts. It hurts me a lot more than it hurts you. Yeah, right. Oh, sweetie, don't talk to me about pain. I sent my son down to die for you and for all of you. And I, not only for your pain, but for your sin, and also to give you freedom, freedom from that sin. Hey, God. Hi, Mac. I've been thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Well, maybe if we take a little bit this way. Your ways are not my ways. God, it can't be good. I made you good. Be good. You don't understand. I've created this whole universe. I've created everything in it. And you don't think I can understand you? Try me. Okay, just a little way. Be prepared for what you find in there, okay? How can I 
show you my love? How can I show you that my love has no boundaries? I know. Reach into your pocket. Why? What, are you going to argue with me? God. Yes. I'll do right now. Well, I know that right now, when you call my name, you weren't praying to me, but you were saying my name in vain. God, you know what I, you know what I meant. You know I need your name. Well, my name is more than just a saying. It's more than just an emotion. It's more than somebody's bad habit of just saying my name. My name is the name above all names. Reach into your pocket. How do you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah, I love Nancy. Other side, other side. Dear God, today I'm turning everything over to you. I want you to make me a masterpiece. I love you, God. I love you too, Ryan. And I love all of you so much that I don't want to leave you in the state that you're in. So let's keep working on you as the masterpiece. It's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but you know what? You guys bought into the lie that it was going to be easy. But anything that I do in your life is going to be harder than you think. Think about what it costs my son. This is my masterpiece, each one of these people. The beauty of my creation. You are going to be my original masterpiece. And so are you. Each one of you who my son died for. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m., and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages, in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.